Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. Tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We got to talk NFL draft, more Nate Sestina, and. Johnny Juzang. But let's start, Kyle, with what social media is ablaze about right now as we record a little after 11 p.m. on NFL Draft Night, which is about to uh, wrap up. Um, Josh Allen went number seven overall to the Jags. We'll just start with that. Were you surprised that he fell to number seven? Uh, I mean, a little. I thought he was. I thought he might go three to the Jets or somewhere, you know, three to six. Uh, but seven doesn't, I mean, doesn't shock me. It's not like some uh, terrible plummeting, draft night plummeting for him. Um, it still stands to me as a kind of unbelievable uh, tale of a guy that had one offer from Monmouth, whose coach begged Rutgers in, right there where he lived to take him, and they wouldn't, uh, and who only ended up at Kentucky because they had a bunch of uh, recruiting class decommitments and had a late scholarship to offer. Um, and to go from that to be, um, to be this, to be a top 10 pick is pretty amazing. Also big note, Josh Allen is now married. Um, yeah, I, how about that? <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Cause, uh, uh, what were we doing live radio, um, with Dick Gabriel and I, we were talking, we got a chance to talk to somebody down there and, and it was kind of funny because literally the segment before we were like, "Is he is he married yet?" We know he proposed, and then we're like, "Yeah, apparently they got married sometime this week." So that's a heck of a time. Um, Kyle, I think we made our, our thoughts about Jacksonville as a city kind of clear after we we went down there for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 amount of money he'll be able to make, I think we'll be able to get him a pretty good honeymoon suite in that town, even though. Some of the places aren't the best in our estimation. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan at all of Jacksonville, but uh, I think just about anywhere you can live when you're a multimillionaire is probably a good place. Yeah, for the most part, there's always good parts of towns. So let's get into what everybody kind of like we you know awesome moment, um, and I'll circle back to like the the cuteness factor because that's. Definitely what Josh Allen won, um, besides the hearts of Jaguars fan. But ESPN's Booger McFarland, and I wrote the quote because I wanted to make sure I got it right. He said, after Allen was drafted, I look forward to him getting better coaching. Right now, he's winning off pure athletic abilities. This is probably more striking to me than, uh, well, I mean, it struck a ton of people the wrong way, but coming off a 30-minute conversation with Brad White, who coached him up last season and who Josh Allen himself credited him for improving him as a football player, this was just kind of like, I did not know where this came from, Kyle. It just seemed like it was way off base for just so many reasons. I mean, you look at the, the three main guys. 
that coached uh, Josh Allen last season, head coach Mark Stoops, how many dudes is he putting in the NFL as a defensive coordinator before he got to Kentucky? Then he had success with both Bud Dupree and Zadarius Smith while at Kentucky. Matt House is now in the NFL. Brad White came from the NFL. Like where? What is this? What was I? I mean, is there any defense for Booger here? Yeah, I mean his 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 previous defensive coordinator is now with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are you know maybe Super Bowl favorites. Um, the Stoops basically brought in a guy just like who would have been coaching him in the NFL from the NFL from the Colts. Uh, in Brad White to put the final kind of polish, I feel like, on Josh Allen over this last year and has. Uh, he went from two-star with the Monmouth offer to, you know, playing pretty early in his Kentucky career to being a really good player uh year before last to wh- who would have been what? Uh, would he have been late first or second-round pick last year? Um, to seventh overall this year um you know set all the records at kentucky for sacks and all that i mean if that's not getting good coaching i just i don't know (laughs) and like clearly the like he's just getting by on his athleticism or whatever it's like well i mean this dude nobody wanted him like he wasn't a talented recruit like yes he he was getting by on his athleticism i I don't still understand it, but yeah, I don't. I I don't think anybody completely understood it, and there were a lot of boogermobile jokes, uh, just a lot of jokes overall about him being the third wheel on Monday Night Football, Um, and then a lot of people who who did the classic thing like uh, there was a reason I switched to fill in NFL Network ABC and turned off ESPN. (laughs) So um, I don't know, like I. I'll I'll be interested to see if there's any follow up with Booger if he has any more thoughts on this. It does just kind of suck for for Mark Stoops. I was I was t- texting with somebody and I I think that definitely from a UK perspective, I don't know what was said on the NFL Network or the ABC broadcast, but they'll be using those comments as opposed to what Booger said uh, when they send out recruiting information to guys that they're trying to get on campus. Uh, the final thing I wanted to mention with Josh Allen, and obviously we'll be talking a ton more draft coming up because there is a bunch more UK guys that are going to be going. I guess we're still we still got um I don't know how many picks left as we're recording now, but there's a chance maybe Lonnie Johnson would go, but we talked about that that he seems to be a second rounder. So, over the weekend we'll we'll find out where those guys and we'll talk about them on the next edition of the show. Uh but circling back to Josh Allen, Kyle obviously you love to send out pictures of your adorable kids and Josh Allen took the moment of walking across that stage to have his son Wesley with him. And he tried to put a hat on him. Wesley didn't like the hat, was taking it off. And it was just such a such a cute moment and so awesome because it kind of brought full circle the thing that Allen had been talking about all season, about how he came back to improve his stock, and it all was because he wanted to make sure everything was in place for his son. And to have the reason that you put in all the work on stage with you and you achieved that moment was, was pretty special. Yeah, that was cool. The jacket was cool with the birthday and sewn inside. And then, uh, this, uh, account called front office sports is, I guess, sort of like live tweeting projected salaries. 
um, from uh, Spotrack. It's like a website that does a lot of pro athlete salary projections and reporting. Uh, and I guess based on where he's slotted and, and historically in the cap this year and all that stuff, the the estimated number for Josh Allen is a $22.5 million contract with a $14.5 million signing bonus. So uh, Josh Allen's going to get $14.5 million right up front when he uh, assigns his rookie contract. That's That'll buy a lot of diapers. It definitely will. So um, I look forward to Mark Stoops talking about all the millions that he's gotten players uh, so he can, you know, start rubbing it in the face of John Calipari. Uh, speaking of John Calipari, we're going to talk about him. Uh, we Nate Sestina has been a topic of conversation today both by both Kyle and I because we both um, put some stuff out on him. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about a new a player that's going to be on the roster next season that I don't think anybody saw coming. If you're looking for a place to get some delicious lunch or breakfast, check out First Watch, which was recently voted Lexington's best breakfast. They've got the delicious million-dollar bacon, which we've been telling you about for a while, and a ton of other dishes, including some seasonal dishes. So if you haven't been there in a bit, go check it out and see if there's anything new on the menu that you haven't got to taste yet. Uh, First Watch, as I mentioned, is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day. They've got three restaurants in Lexington, all of which are locally owned. they got the new one, uh, which opened up just a little bit ago over by the Target on near the mall. And then they got one that's opening up soon on Richmond Road. It's just moving down Richmond Road a little bit. And it'll be right near the Skyline Chili. So check out those new spots. If you're up in Cincinnati or over in Louisville, there's First Watches there too, so go check them out um, if those are the ones that are closest to you. First Watch, yeah, it's fresh. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Kyle, after... (laughs) It's always funny to me when you have like one of these long pieces that are awesome. I get a little behind the scenes because we're talking all the time and how hard you work on these things. Uh, but finally, you got to put out your piece on Nate Sestina like, and where he came from. Um, just I'll let you just kind of pitch it and like let everybody know like what you did. And then I plan on, in a podcast soon, kind of deep diving into some of the stories that didn't fit into... Uh, the written piece, because I know that there was just a ton of stuff and you can only, you know, write so many words, but just kind of sh- let people know uh, the the piece that you wrote for The Athletic on Sestina. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been pretty popular today, so that's been cool just seeing some of the comments and, and a lot of people are kind of, as I suspected, um, already big Nate Sestina fans. I think he's going to be a big-time fan favorite for a lot of reasons, and uh, and for this story in particular, one of the reasons is it, it, I think it's uh, a really relatable uh, type story. He is from, and we've talked about it on the podcast, and we had him on the podcast uh, right after he uh, committed, but he's from this tiny town called Emporium, Pennsylvania. And uh, so I, I drove out there, well, I flew and then drove, um, and it's tucked away up in the Allegheny Mountains, it's eight and a half or nine hour drive if you drive from Lexington. Um, 
I like to be able to work when I'm traveling. So I flew part of the way. Uh, I flew to the closest airport, which was in State College, where Penn State is. And then it's a basically a two-hour drive going relatively slow, making all these little hairpin turns up into the mountains. And then you get there. And a uh, town of 1,500 people, it's pretty economically depressed. They had a lot of factory jobs back in the day, and those all went away. And, um, you know, the, the population of the town is really dramatically shrunken. Uh, the population of the high school that, like, graduating classes have gone for 90 or 100, to, which is still pretty small, um, to, like, 40 or 50 people in these graduating classes um, from the high school Um and so the town is just a tiny little place, but the 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 story is about sort of how one uh, that town sort of helped shape him, but two they they all love him. It was crazy. I interviewed twenty five or twenty eight people for the story. All of his high school teachers, um, some elementary school teachers, the priest who baptized him when he was a baby, uh, the the uh, head of the po- the postal the postmaster at the post office who also. Uh, is the athletic director at the high school and had a little college rivalry with John Calipari at Clarion, as it turns out. Um, just talk to everybody in this town, and they all know Nate Sustaina. They're all super, super proud of of the fact that somebody from their town is going to play at Kentucky. And they all had a story about what a good dude Nate Sustaina is. I never encountered such a thing where everybody in a place knows the guy and everybody you know, says he's great, but not just generically he's great. But here's my like personal story about how Nate, you know, impacted me or my kid or whatever. That was just over and over and over talking to people there. And that was that was pretty cool uh, to see. I stayed at Nate Sestina's parents' house. Uh, I didn't put in the story, but I actually stayed in his room, like his childhood room. He was not there. He drove in for a couple hours until I could interview him and then went back to school. But uh uh, yeah, his parents insisted that I stay there, and uh, the room they took me to was Nate's <laughs> childhood room that he shared with his two brothers. <laughs> uh, woke up at the crack of dawn to Nate's mom making her uh, famous blueberry French toast for me for breakfast. They were about the most hospitable people ever, and uh, a really, really cool town. It's a beautiful. It's uh, economically depressed, but it is uh, aesthetically beautiful uh up in the mountains there it's elk country they have elk herds that come through uh just a really pretty place with a bunch of really just you know blue collar awesome kind people who helped kind of raise this kid and uh who's now a very large man and coming to play kentucky basketball yeah and you know i want to get in all those stories on another podcast because uh there just seems to be a ton i i didn't I didn't envy you trying to fit everything into one one written piece, uh, but you did a great job, so I highly, highly recommend everyone going to check that out. And it, it, while you're on the Nate Sestina kick, you can go back and listen to our interview uh, with him a, a couple episodes back. Uh, just scroll in your feeds, and, and you'll find it. And also, I got a chance to talk to him today as well. It was just kind of, I don't know, fate or whatever. It was just uh, dumb luck, basically. Uh, on the same day that Kyle uh, published his piece, uh, Nate finally was able to find some free time because I'd been asking him for a radio interview for a bit. And this guy, Kyle, I swear, he's he's 
like, you know, he's like, man, um, I can't do it today. I got to study for my GRE. Oh, I can't do it today. I, I got to write my paper to finish, finish this <laughs> class. It's like, come on, man, get your priorities in order. An interview with me is way more important than all that nonsense. But anyway, finally found some time today. Uh, and he was in a great mood because he had just finished up his, his last Thursday class of his undergrad. <laughs> and so he was all happy to talk to me. I mean, nice. to, to your point, um, when I was talking to him and I, I've, tweeted out the interview on my timeline at, at Curtis Birch, so you can go check that out. Uh, but what stuck out to me, and I think you, you'll, you'll probably agree with this, Kyle, but I'll ask you, like, he just seems like he's a kid from Kentucky, but he's not, if that makes sense, because where he grew up, I think tons of people from this state, and, and specifically kind of the eastern part of this state, can probably connect, because, you know, he... he the town lost jobs because of a, a, a factory left. And today when I was talking to him, I was talking to him about geography because that's what he had his undergrad degree in. And he said the thing that he found interesting in his studies was the fact that the the populations have decreased so much in Pennsylvania uh, once coal manufacturing declined. And I'm like, that is, that's a story that is in eastern Kentucky just as often. Um, yeah. And so I think like this dude is just going to be a, a fan favorite and it, it's going to be, I, I feel kind of lucky to, to kind of get on, on the, on the ground floor <laughs> of the Nate Sestina uh, fanfare. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's going to be, I think a very easy transition to life in Kentucky. And, and I think he'll be an adopted Kentuckian uh, for a lot of different reasons very quickly. Without a doubt. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about that that player that was is going to be on the roster for UK next year, and we'll talk about uh, Johnny Juzang. Hiring used to be hard. Stacks of resumes, multiple job sites, a confusing review process, but today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOnKentucky. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So we got a release from UK basketball today. Surprised the heck out of me. Surprised the heck out of Kyle. Maybe even surprised the heck out of the kid whose uh, name was in the announcement. Brennan Canada. Uh, this continues a long lineage of UK players uh, from Canada. No, his name is Canada. He's from Kentucky. He's actually from uh, right down the road in Winchester. He is a six foot seven forward, played at George Rogers Clark. Averaged 15 points, 9.5 rebounds as a senior. Was an all-10th region first-team selection. John Calipari said, 
Um, Brennan had opportunities to play in other places, but wanted to come here and be a part of us. Kyle, this should please a ton of Kentucky fans who I hear from and you hear from yearly about how that how Calipari needs a Kentucky walk-on on the roster. Yeah, and you know you got him, you got you got Dante Allen. Um, it's quite a quite a year for uh, signing in-state talent, and, and you know it's pretty. Uh, honestly, I mean, I don't know anything about him. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've watched him play, but. Is a six-seven kid with who averaged almost a double double, uh, shoots it pretty well. Uh, as walk-ons go, like pretty good, you know. Like, is this like a Jared Paulson level walk-on? I mean, it's not totally unprecedented for one of those guys to play some meaningful minutes for Kentucky. And uh, you know, there, there's a million programs you see that are good programs that have like an actual contributor out of the walk-on group. Calipari's walk-ons have, other than Polson, have mostly been the straight-up GPA patters. <laughs> you know, friend of a friend of a friend or a guy who's like studying rocket science is going to have a four zero to add to the team GPA. But uh, this seems like a, a reasonably solid walk-on, and had you know had some other opportunities where he could have gone and played. It sounded like. Yeah, um, I believe uh, I read that he had t- was taking visits to NKU, Marshall, those uh, kind of mid-major uh, D1 programs, and, and definitely had scholarship offers from D2 and NAIA spots. Uh, the other thing of note, you mentioned Dante Allen. He is an AAU teammate of Dante Allen, so those guys have a little bit of a chemistry and bond already uh, coming into Kentucky. Uh, so we'll wrap here with the news. Uh, Johnny Juzang made his announcement, which we – previewed a couple podcasts ago, and Kyle, it was what we thought it was. He will be reclassifying to 2019. Um, Shout out to Johnny for being smart, announcing it on Instagram um, and getting his followers up. Uh, I kind of like when when kids are smart about getting their social media presence (laughs) up. Um, But I, like Kyle, I guess, does this mean the next step is uh, he'll be announcing soon? Or we don't have a firm date, but Evan Daniels did report that he's taking a visit to Kentucky. So do you kind of think this this might wrap up sooner than later? Yeah, I mean, I would I would think Kentucky's in the driver's seat. I mean, all the timing adds up. They visit him on Friday, Calipari and Justice do out in Cali and make him a scholarship offer. And then he announces in the middle of the week that he's uh, reclassifying to 2019. And then it comes out that he's coming to visit Kentucky officially on Monday. I mean, all of basically from Kentucky's first, like not first contact, I think they'd been in contact, but from the visit until today in the span of a week, you know, you have them visiting him, reclassifying and him setting up an official, uh, to me, those all line up to, and Kentucky has a real need for, for what he is a shooter. Um, I'd almost be surprised if he doesn't end up at Kentucky. Yeah, I think that's kind of the common common wisdom at this point. Uh, I'm just I, I I think in the the wording of his announcement, he he said that he would have a list soon, and a decision a decision would be probably uh, soon after that. Uh, it's really interesting on a lot of levels. We we talked about the fact that you know there hadn't been a ton of guys from the West Coast to come to UK. Uh, Jamal Baker was obviously one of those exceptions, and and that didn't really work out. Um. You know, we'll, we'll try to find more out about his game. Maybe talk to some people 
who covered him a little bit more closely um, later on if when when or if that commitment uh, comes. So stay tuned for that. Also, um, in the upcoming podcast, Kyle, I'm sure you've been following along with the stuff in the uh, the FBI cases. Uh, we'll get into more of that next week. Uh, there's been really interesting stuff involving Rick Pitino, Sean Miller, Kentucky's name. The program has come up, uh, but it hasn't really been anything directly poorly correlated there. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. Um, until then, I guess, Kyle, we'll, we'll wrap this one. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Read his work on The Athletic. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R. If you missed the previous edition of the podcast, please, please go listen. It's the first edition of a new series we're putting out called Beyond the Bio. It's Brad White. Really interesting stuff. He talks about checking out billion-dollar deals um, and then transitioning back into football. Uh, you can hear me weeknights on the radio, 6 to 8 p.m., Big Blue Insider, or Sunday mornings on WLAP on Sunday Morning Sports Talk from 9 to noon. As we always ask, please rate, please review, please subscribe. All those things really help uh, spreading the word about the podcast. And the most important thing you can do when spreading the word is share it with somebody else via your social media feed or just texting to somebody about Locked on Kentucky. Thanks again to First Watch for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. He started talking like coal mining and stuff. Not like, well, here's what he said, because I asked him like what he was like most. Well, let's just talk about it on the podcast. Screw it. Let's just go. Okay. All right.